Founded in 1966, the American Society of Nephrology marks its 50th anniversary in 2016. To launch this commemorative year, three past, present, and future ASN presidents reflect on the evolution of the specialty of nephrology and the society over time. Past ASN President Dr. Richard Tannen, current ASN President Dr. Raymond Harris, and ASN Counselor and future President Dr. Susan Quaggan also share their thoughts on the future of the specialty and why nephrology is an exciting and vital field. So Dr. Tannen, you entered nephrology when it was a, a new specialty. What drew you to the specialty? Well, at the time I entered nephrology, it was kind of a cutting edge of doing science that related to clinical kind of issues. Um, cardiology had had a little bit of a blip in terms of doing some interesting things, but nephrology was doing the most exciting things at the time. If you wish to be both a scientist and to apply some of that science to clinical medicine, and obviously, during most of the time that up until my presidency, the real focus of nephrology had been in the area of both fluid and electrolyte metabolism, uh, and it had gotten more and more sophisticated in terms of the kind of things that could be done ultimately with micropuncture, then with isolated tubule perfusion, and then with membrane type of studies. So. It was exciting, and you could apply it to what you were doing clinically. Um, dialysis and transplantation as well both occurred during that period of time, and there were significant advances made in chronic dialysis therapy, improvement in dialyzers, but also the development and the utilization of erythropoietin which dramatically changed the lifestyle for people on chronic dialysis. And in transplantation, progressive improvements in preventing rejection, and it became, a, you know, a staple therapy. So those were the things that were going on. Some immunology, but it hadn't really hit its stride like it did subsequent to the time of my presidency. And obviously the entire role of genomics and individual cellular kind of function, et cetera, which has taken off since that point in time. So Dr. Harris is the president of ASN in 2016, which will be the 50th anniversary. How do you see the field and ASN as an organization bridging these two eras that were just described? I think that everything that Dr. Tannen discussed is also probably one reason that I was attracted to nephrology. And I think that we have to continue to build on that as, as Dr. Quaggan said, we're right at the cusp of really understanding and developing therapies for a number of diseases that were long treated as idiopathic and, and possibly treated sort of non-selectively. Plus, I think that we're at a, a point where we have to revitalize the conception of what nephrology is because I think that too many people have just equated nephrology now with dialysis, which is obviously very important, but there's so much more to what a nephrologist knows and does and, and should do. So I think that in one sense, it's recapturing some of the past excitement about nephrology and two, really developing 
new areas based on science and new clinical discoveries to really advance the, the care for our patients and to really revitalize what being a nephrologist is all about. So we continue to be what we always say we are, which is really the complete physician and not just become a dialysis technician like we're sometimes slotted into that physician by others. So, Dr. Quaggan, as you look at the concept of being the, the consummate physician, what are some of the elements that may, are likely to be encapsulated within nephrology over the next decade or so? Over the next decade, I think nephrologists, as Dr. Harris was pointing out, really are first and foremost wonderful internists, and they look at the whole patient, and we follow our patients and have terrific close relationships. But as Dr. Tannen was also pointing out, the birth of nephrology really started from incredible advances, both scientifically and technically. And over the past decade or so, we we now have an incredible insight into the molecular basis of a number of kidney diseases that when I started training back in 1988, we had absolutely no idea. So at that time, although we knew a lot about renal diseases, uh, we knew about the pathology, um, it was really like working in a black box. And we now it's almost as if we have a spotlight shining on these diseases. And the next 10 years, we're going to take those discoveries. We, it's already started. So these discoveries are now permitting us to make different diagnoses based on very specific genetic tests or blood tests. They're allowing us to risk stratify patients. They're going to allow us to develop smart trials so that we'll be able to phenotype patients both molecularly as well as clinically so that we can start to enroll patients in trials for new therapies for kidney disease and not expect, you know, this group of very heterogeneous patients all to respond one way, but really to focus the treatment. So I see that over the next 10 years, we're going to take all of the aspects of nephrology, all the very best aspects, being phenomenal clinicians first and foremost, as well as scientists, and and really make a difference for our patients. Dr. Harris, in your role as ASM president, what can the society do to help actualize the future that, that Dr. Quaggan just described? I think that the ASN can do many things and is doing many things to really facilitate and really help to bring about what Dr. Quaggan was, um, has been discussing, one of which is, of course, most importantly, first and, and foremost, uh, making sure that we have a workforce that is well-trained and sufficient. And as many of us know that there has been a recent significant decline in interest in nephrology, but the ASN is working on many fronts to stimulate interest in field nephrology. A second area that we have undertaken as a society and on behalf of the community is really abdicating very strongly with Congress and all of the important areas where there's funding and specifically for the NIH to try to increase funding proportionate to the need for more research funding to um, really sort of bring about this next level of exciting breakthroughs in therapeutics that can follow some of the exciting insights into the biological underpinnings of the um, diseases. And then the third, I think, is that we're making a, a much more concerted effort to interact and to develop partnerships with industry and with the important stakeholders who can really help bring therapies to the patients. And one way we've done this, of course, is through the Kidney Health Initiative, which the ASN, in partnership with the FDA, has developed 
an organization which allows both pharma and um, device makers in conjunction with patient groups and also physician and scientific groups to really interact and try to develop and understand potential barriers to developing new therapies, but also to really set um, sort of goalposts for what can be done. And then in addition to that, I think that the ASN is working independently to try to bring some industry leaders together to try to um, also discuss better ways that we can and can sort of co-manage these problems. And I, I've been very um, encouraged recently in the last few years that I think more and more areas of industry are seeing the need to um, really help develop new therapies for kidney diseases. And, and I think that the, what the ASN is helping to do with this is really facilitating that. So I, I think that we really are on the verge of a number of breakthroughs, I think. And I, I can really hope that in 10 years from now, we have multiple new therapeutic options for many of our patients for many of the debilitating diseases that they have. Yeah. So Dr. Tannen, if Sorry, Dr. Harris, I was just going to follow up on the on the research funding. I couldn't agree more that that's one of our biggest challenges that, you know, increased research funding for all aspects of kidney research, whether it's clinical, translational, or basic. But what's really amazing to me is that despite the fact that we haven't received as much funding as many other diseases, we've made tremendous breakthroughs. So those dollars that have been invested have given great payback. And now, as you say, we're poised to make some really huge breakthroughs and new therapies. So exciting times ahead, I think. Right, exactly. We'll see what we can do with a little money. We don't have to yeah. give us a little yeah. more and see how much more we can do. <laughs> so, Dr. Tannen, I have to ask, um, back in the, the late 80s and early 90s, was the ASN Council concerned about the funding streams for research and for nephrology as a discipline? Uh, yeah, I think that's been an ongoing concern. I mean, because kidney disease was sort of not high on the priority list, uh, and and actually the big concern about kidney disease was the cost of dialysis. So the federal government felt like they were pouring a lot of money into kidney disease in terms of taking care of dialysis patients. So funding for research was always an issue, and the entire time that I was really active in the society, there was never a year where it wasn't a concern. Are there concerns from the late 80s and early 90s that no longer exist that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I don't know of any big issues that were considered to be a problem at that point in time, although we were starting to have the issue of enough trainees uh, and trying to make nephrology an interesting and exciting discipline for people to train in. Uh, that clearly started slipping significantly from, you know, early on when I entered the field, you know, there were plenty of people who were excited about getting into it. But by the time I was president, that had really dropped off. And I think a lot of it dropped off because it kind of turned into that, Nephrology was almost a dialysis specialty, and um, that wasn't as exciting as the sort of the broader realm of nephrology was at the time that I entered it. I also remember at, at about that time, though, I know that probably Dr. Tannen did have to deal with that because I remember as a new faculty member during those periods of times in the late 80s, early 90s, it was another period when there was really the NIH had sort of decreased the funding levels. And I know there were a significant number of people who could have gone into 
a research career who really felt that there wasn't a, a possibility for that. So I think that we've had uh, a few periods of feast, like when the NIH budget was doubled, but many more periods of famine. And I think you can see the famine has really taken a, a toll on the number of people who see nephrology, um, especially an academic career in nephrology, has suffered from that. And then I think the other aspect is, is what Dr. Tannen said. There were many people who felt like, and I think I mentioned this before, that nephrologists were just doing dialysis, and so it was not quite as, as appealing to certain people. But it's been, again, we're hoping that we will turn that tide and revitalize both by more funding and actually more chances for really making a, an impact on our patients' lives, not just by dialysis or transplant, but also with possible treatments that can stop or even cure kidney diseases. So, Dr. Quaden, given this excitement about the future of nephrology as a specialty, if you were to give advice to someone who was completing their fellowship in 2016, what would that advice be? My advice, and when I, you know, speak with either fellow applicants or fellows who are finishing off their training, is that they are incredibly lucky to be entering and starting their careers at this time. They're going to see unprecedented changes in the way we manage our patients. And, you know, I reflect back to when I started my residency training. My first ASN was in 1989, and uh, incredibly exciting. I also remember, Dr. Tannen, when you were president of ASN, and I remember seeing a number of posters and presentations on ANCA, which before that time wasn't known. And that really changed the way we dealt with some of our patients. And I remember going back to the hospital and, and being incredibly pumped up from that meeting. But if you look at the speed and the exponential rate at which we're making discoveries now based on new technologies, we have over 50 genes known for causes of glomerular disease. It's And think about some of the other newer advances, such as APOL1, risk alleles for the burden of disease in African-American patients, the PLA2R uh, in membranous nephropathy. These, these are things that we can actually use now to stratify our patients. And uh, so in some ways, I'm sorry that I'm now a senior physician because starting out now, I think, is going to be an incredibly exciting time. Um, one other great breakthrough in the last year or so and, and presented at this year's ASN a number of papers on developing kidney organoids from stem cells. And these aren't difficult to get stem cells, but somatic stem cells, so a skin biopsy, and being able to reprogram these using a cocktail of growth factors and small molecules into making kidneys. They're, they don't contain a million nephrons yet, but they have up to 500 nephrons with all the different cell types, the very complicated cell types of the kidney and even some vasculature. So, you know, I think the next decade is going to be the most exciting uh, yet for our subspecialty, and it's going to be fun to watch. So, Dr. Harris, picking up on, on Dr. Quaggan's comments, as you as ASN president, if you had the opportunity to advise your fellow ASN members and nephrologists about rejuvenating the specialty, what would your advice be? I would say look at the glass as half full and not half empty. That I think that, as Dr. Quaggan said, it's an exciting time. There are advances happening all the time, and I think they will continue to occur, and that there'll be more and more better therapeutic options for our patients. We'll understand much more about the pathogenesis of kidney diseases and how to treat them. 
and that it will be a time that even though there are always issues and problems that we all have to face and it is a changing healthcare environment. It's a changing landscape for payment. It's a changing landscape for what it means to be a physician. But I think that we should all continue to be glad and proud that we're a nephrologist because it really is a wonderful specialty that takes care of patients in a unique way. And that every day I'm glad I'm a nephrologist, and I hope all of my former ASN members feel the same way. So, Dr. Tannen, as, as a former ASN president, if you could give Dr. Harris and Dr. Crogan as current counselors one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Well, one piece of advice. <laughs> uh, I think the push to try to get more and more people that are young and talented interested in the field is really important. And I concur with them that there's got to be reasonable funding available to make that happen or young people will get discouraged and they, and they won't pursue certainly the investigative part of the field. Well, Dr. Tannen, Dr. Harris, Dr. Cargan, thank you very much for participating in today's discussion. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to future ASN meetings. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology. Music